1: Just like that, the second hour is here for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Owl Kick Network. You you agree? I think Rolling it's been a fast the day. hour, right? Rolling today. And Absolutely. the chat as well on YouTube. Fire. Everything off. feels downhill. There we go. It is Thursday, it's Good. Right? Once is. you
0: get to Thursday, we to downhill. Had,
1: yeah. What if I said it's Tuesday?
0: I think a daily feature of the show is me just coming in asking Hutton what day it is. <laughs> what? Th- th- this is the poll question of the day. Will Chad know what day it is? And when I ask Hutton, and I confirm it's Thursday. 99% of the time. Now that I know it's Thursday, this week has really rolled right along. We are straight downhill from here on out. And on
1: Thursdays, Trey Wallace joins us. He will be with us coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, The latest across college football and more. Always a great chat there uh, with our senior writer on the SEC at OutKick.com. Chad, you alerted us to Antonio Brown and the... National Arena League. It's not the AFL. It's not the Arena Football League. It's the National Arena League. Antonio Brown, was, he, he owns the, the Albany Empire, and he was set to make his debut playing uh, for the NAL. He's saying that, you know, he's giving people jobs and he's moving on to the AFL. But not before news came out that he's being kicked out because he's not paying fines or, or not paying a fee to the league. Let's just say that no matter where he is, the news and the headlines generally are complete disaster. Not a lot of great headlines come in the way
0: of uh, Antonio Brown, no, no, no doubt about it. So our buddy Jake Smith, who hosts the Sideline Spectator podcast, alerted me to an interview that they did on the show that had been picked up by a couple of national outlets. Well, now it's been picked up by another national outlet an OutKick, but um, just a complete Bleep show, anytime Antonio Brown is around. That's really the gist of what we're seeing here, what we're hearing. Uh, here's a little snippet of what we're talking about with Antonio Brown's Arena League ownership. Three, yeah. Three, yeah. So, so Antonio Brown, back in March or whatever it was, he he bought the team for the 95% ownership stake. Uh, originally,
2: so so yeah. it, wasn't, it was 50-50. He, said, yeah. he was telling people it was 95, and it was only 50-50. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, um, off the rip, it was like he was lying to people. So, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, and then well, and then he he reported, which I don't know. You might know better, but then he he did report like himself, which you know, take that with a grain of salt. That he did purchase ninety five percent from his partner for a dollar. That's literally that, what.
2: That, that did happen. Our owner was our other owner
1: was so sick of it, he sold out for a dollar because he was so sick of it and
0: all the money he had put
1: into it. He didn't want to lose any more money, so he sold out. He sold so there was a five percent owner and there was A B and our old owner named Mike. And they were forty five forty seven fifty and forty seven fifty. And he sold the other forty seven fifty for a dollar.
2: He literally was blackmailing him, dude. He, he on his story
1: he put up an article of him getting arrested our old our other owner getting arrested from like fifteen years ago being
2: part of a union firebonning or something like that. But it was literally from 2008, I want to say. And he put it on a story. He's putting clown emojis over him. Like, this is his part owner, dude. It was like, he's, just, he's the craziest person I ever met.
0: You know, just random run-of-the-mill owner stuff right there that we're here, And that's from a player uh, from the Albany Empire that played uh, with Antonio Brown. Thanks to Jake Smith for passing that along. Sideline Spectator podcast. Uh, Jake Smith, by the way, son of Angie Smith, former hey, yeah. producer extraordinaire in our past yeah. uh, radio life. So shout out to Angie as well. Um, look, I mean, this is, it's the most ridiculous of stories and headlines, but yet the least surprising, ridiculous stories and headlines out there. I mean, I could have written this script out for you when all of this started, and it leads to him, his team getting kicked out of the league. This is no surprise to anyone that has followed Antonio Brown's antics for what now, the past six, seven years we're talking about? When the downfall yes. in Pittsburgh started to happen, yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's sad. Before, before Gruden it's was both, the head coach in the back, returned as a head coach of the Raiders.
0: It's a lot of things. It's funny. It's sad. Um, it's a little bit scary, not knowing where what his mental
1: state is exactly. But it's also predictable. Well, all this, uh, all of this is over. He's getting kicked out because he didn't pay one seventh of the the NAL operating budget is due every month, one-seventh, by the owner of the team. And he's not paying that. It's like a $1,000 or something. He was, he was fined a $1,000 as well for conduct detrimental to the league. He, he goes from posting things um, on, on Instagram about Tom Brady and Giselle to now just calling out the, owner. the National Arena League co-owner of the, of the Albany Empire. Uh, craziness, uh, abound with, with Antonio Brown. He's holding press conferences, uh, from the, uh, the arena league turf, uh, <laughs> uh, discussing things. Is he going to
0: move into, uh, uh, remember when Kanye West just moved into Mercedes Briefly, Benz? but it
1: didn't work out very well for him. Right? Yeah. He, he bought like a, but not, he, he lived a suite, like he lived in
0: there. the, yeah. And he lived Briefly, in, the, yeah. in the arena. Trying I, to write an album. I, I could see Antonio Brown living in an arena at some point also. That's yeah. that'll be his next residence. Know, I mean,
1: who knows what's next for Antonio Brown?
0: That'll be our YouTube chat poll question of the day. Where will Antonio Brown live next? Uh, arena suite will be one of
1: the options. And you know, it's bad whenever he's about to make his debut on the field. As a you know, uh, the, the league needs that as a gimmick, and they want that they're almost ready to do that. And they're like, no, we, you're out, and your team can't play either. I, I don't
0: how Arena League football is still a thing. Blows my mind when I heard this whole story happening. I'm thinking people still go watch Arena League football. I really thought it was going to be something. Remember Slam Ball, which I think just recently came back?
1: Is it, but it was never
0: like an arena thing, it was a TV product, you know? It wasn't people gather around and go to games, yeah. I remember when Nashville had the Nashville Cats and arena team, it was great in like the mid 90s, Mm -hmm. you know, pre NFL team in town. And but
1: they, they drew good crowds whenever yeah. they, the league got here too uh, because my of the, best the, stop sp- the right spring now, right? league, uh, was, was the way it was marketed. You could see football in the offseason. And they tried to tie it in with local markets and local players and coaches. Yeah, that was the other tie
0: It was a novelty in the beginning. Yes, like, I understand yes. that You know, there's a, a lot of room for football to do well yep. in our country. But, I mean, good for anyone in the arena league who's making it work. If you own one of those teams, if you're playing and you're still somewhat successful – Good for you. I'm just, I for one am shocked that arena football is still
1: a thing in this country. Pro Football Talk says that there is at least one NFL player, current player, who lost $8 million in gambling in 2022. And you know the, the gambling policy has been quite the topic across the, the National Football League, where everyone involved with the league, unless you're a player, you're not allowed to gamble. And in terms of players, you can, but you can't do it even on your phone from a a, a team facility, from a bus, from, you know, the the plane to the hotel. You have to do it on your own terms. And Florio and, and Chris Sims were discussing this. And Sims had an interesting thought on the theory as to why players are allowed to gamble and everyone else is not. And it's because you have young, Young people with a ton of money to blow, and it's almost a, a gift served up to the, the sports books that are now partners with the league, funneling money through for, for advertising purposes. And while that may be true, it's also, uh, I think, just as simple as hey, we're, we're going to take this money and we don't allow anyone else to, to do this on their own. You guys can, NFLPA and it's almost deemed like a, a little check, box, a check mark in their box for things that they are able to do that others can't do in the league. Again, it, it, it comes down to being that petty in these negotiations because it's hard to find wins if you're the, the Players Association for the collective bargaining agreement, for the boatloads of money that the NFL owners are making on an annual basis off of TV revenue and other things. Point being, um, should there just be a hard and fast rule that no one's gambling, period, or make it cut and dry where if you're caught doing anything involving the NFL or just football, the suspension is what it is. But everything else is fair game.
0: If a season-long suspension is what's at stake and, or, or multi-season suspension or eight-game suspension or uh, what Jameson Williams got for you know not even betting on the NFL but betting at a six team games. facility, six games, not eight, if those are the stakes, yeah, it should just be outlawed. Make it very cut and dry. Can't have a, an app on your phone. Can't gamble if you're going to be a part of the NFL at all. And if I was an agent, that's what I'd advise my guys to do. Now we Calvin also, Ridley's now saying that. We also live in a free country, and guys can, you know for the most part, do what they want on yeah. their phones. But if I were a powerful agent, that would be a stipulation for me having an NFL client. We're not going to do it. You're not going to put it on your phone. You're not going to put yourself at risk at all for wanting to gamble on an app and then getting popped and missing a season or missing more than that and missing all the salary that comes with that. Now, the fact that NFL players are gambling and someone lost $8 million gambling is not surprising at all. Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Phil Mickelson, the list goes on and on. These guys have been gambling since before the internet existed. And they've been losing millions of dollars. Yes, ask Charles yeah. Barkley about his gambling debts with Michael Jordan. Look Phil at Mi- Michael Jordan. I threw <laughs> Phil Mickelson out there in the, the list I just gave for that reason. Think of the millions these guys have lost before anyone knew what FanDuel was or DraftKings was. Of course, these highly competitive alpha males are going to put money down and they're going to have stakes in everything they do. They could play you in a game of beer pong and they'll put 100 grand on right. it sometimes. So when you get absurd amounts of money, Highly competitive alpha males and the desire to want to compete and the thrill of either winning or losing money, they're going to gamble. It's going to happen. So if you want to eliminate the chance of getting suspended for any length of time, then just make it a rule, hard and fast. Don't put it on your phone. Don't have an account. Can't gamble while you're a player in the NFL. And then when you're done, you do whatever you want. And hey, if you guys want to go in the locker room, and put uh, you know five hundred bucks on your next game you invent or whatever that stuff's going to go on no matter See, what.
1: I I think it should just be a hard and fast rule that you can't gamble on the league in any way. Yeah, and, no, every, I, and everything I totally else agree is fine that. because I actually think there would be more stuff behind the scenes going on of guys like if if you are you or I knew a player and I I don't know a player currently who enjoys gambling personally. I've never seen the app out with with NFL players that that you and I have been around, chat. No. Uh but if we did and they weren't allowed to do it, couldn't they just give us cash and we put it on our account? And, and that's then, that's what happened with some. But but it also is a, you know, a, a, there's a paper trail with it. That I don't think cash is being handed out here. Um, I would rather have the sports books simply tell the league who is and who's not betting on the league, and that's it. Not where they bet on the league, just if they did. And if, if it's anything else, no big deal.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It, there's two different routes they could go here, get more lenient or just cut it out altogether. And the more lenient is you can bet on anything you want as long as it's not the NFL, wherever you want. Yeah, if you want to place a bet from a locker room, do it, and it's fine, but just I, not
1: on the NFL. And I'm, I'm, I am also surprised, that's though. That's the lenient approach. It's also, it's a big headline because players are being suspended for it. But the number of players is not nearly what you would expect for the type of reaction that this has caused. It's not like you, it's not like you have 200 players uh, across the league who have been doing this. I think they have been. I don't think they've been caught. But it's only a, what, less than 20 players right now total. That have been involved in any type of speculation suspension investigation anything and uh, half of them are six games only because they were betting on something else the biggest names are calvin ridley and jameson williams in this and for the i don't know it's there are vastly more that are gambling than that that are on these apps than just this very small amount i'll admit that but i also don't think that they're just actively tracing everybody the way that we perceive it to be, unless you're just dumb enough to use your own name, your own bank account, and you put it out there easily on where you're betting from. Again, I, it, it, there hasn't been this massive big name quarterback that's been busted for this, right? Right. And that, that, I don't int- I don't think that happens. Well, or queue up the conspiracy theory that they've got someone that has, and they're not going to suspend the big time quarterback. Yeah, but they, I mean, they are now like they've got Tom Brady cutting videos now. They're sending out during many camps to play for to the players. To not gamble. Yeah, like don't don't bet on it. Don't risk it. You know, it's I'm like, sure Tom it's Brady's like a, never gambled. This his is life. like the like the dare program. <laughs> yeah, back in elementary school. Just say no. Just <laughs> say no to that app on your phone. Coming up, Trey Wallace joins us. A lot to discuss, including North Carolina, Virginia. And how much the SEC and the Big Ten covet both programs. That's next on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Big names atop the leaderboard right now at the U.S. Open for the first round. Fowler, Shoffley, Scheffler, DeChambeau, and more. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Trey Wallace joins us. Covers the SEC and college football for Outkick.com. The there he is. Trey, good to see you, man. Hope things are well.
2: Guys, we're good. I'm just planning for what the future looks like. That's what my last 48 hours have been like. So, uh, yeah, who knows, man? 2024. Trey, your audio
0: this- quality is next level right now. Well it sounds like the voice of God coming, coming at us right now. Is this James well, Earl Jones yeah. or Trey Wallace joining us? Will you read the Bible I,
1: for me?
2: <laughs> I just want you to know that everything is going well on my side of the world. Hope y'all are doing well on your side we'll of the world.
0: We'll begin with Genesis one yes. one, Beginning at the first verse. James Earl Jones Next, and we'll Trey get
2: Wallace. to John 3.16. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, so, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, religion and prayer, how many coaches are praying about this uh, 2024 schedule release when this was announced? Uh, gauntlet is one way to describe it. It's not the only way. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm thrilled. But uh, around the around the conference, what are you hearing about how these schedules were received?
2: Yeah, I mean, guys, you you had some teams that were agitated with the outcome. Um, they <laughs> they kind of knew what they were getting uh, over the last couple days. I mean, you know, you look at Nick Saban. You know, he, he wasn't happy, and he wasn't happy in March when he when he gave that interview to Sports Illustrated, and he was like, "Look, I don't want to play these teams. Look who they got us joined with." Well, what did the SEC do? They said, okay, Nick, you don't want to play all these teams. You put it out in an interview. So, by the way, we're going to give you Georgia now as well at home just to add it to the sauce. So, you know, look, I mean, you Florida is like a different type of story, guys, where Florida kind of screwed themselves in a way because they already had Miami, Florida State, and UCF on their schedule. So you add in this tough matchup uh, with you know, in the SEC, with with what they're going to have to go through in a gauntlet, and and guys, you know, I look at Florida, and and that could be a, a year where Billy Napier is entering on the hot seat, and and they've got to figure out a way, you know, he does figure out a way to get through twenty twenty four and and keep his job, um, because if they don't have a good year in twenty three, that's just that that's brutal for twenty four. So look, there there were Arkansas is finally off the the crap list of the sec. Congratulations to them. They got some fantastic home games, probably be able to sell a bunch of season tickets. And at the end of the day, guys, it is, uh, it's, it's weird to see Texas and Oklahoma on the schedule. Like you're, you're on the schedule now. And a lot of these teams will be either traveling to Norman, traveling to Austin, Texas. Um, and, and, and look, I'm excited for it to bring something new to the conference and and I think that my biggest takeaway from the night would be that it's not as bad as folks thought it would be when they decided to stay at eight games. Because if you look at that schedule, yeah. the strength of schedule for most team guys, it goes up against the Big Ten and, and, and any other conference.
0: And Austin, Texas has now quickly become the travel destination for SEC fan bases when they see Texas on the road on the schedule. Uh, that's going to be a, a hot ticket for a lot of different fan bases. And and Trey, we know that there's one game, not in Austin, Texas, but in the state of Texas, that we all knew was going to happen, and it got served up exactly as we thought. Texas will visit Texas A&M at Kyle Field, restoring that rivalry, renewing that rivalry. A lot of bad blood between the two. Do you think, as of right now, we're going to talk a lot about that matchup, do you think the atmosphere and that game will live up to the extraordinary amount of hype that's going to go into that when Texas finally goes to AM. I know it's 2024. I know there are a lot of factors with both teams, but do you feel like it's going to be more of a, ah, oh, that was okay, or man, we have been missing this for a long time and now we
2: finally got it? Here's one thing that is going to add to this. Arch Manning could be the quarterback for Texas when this goes down. I'm already predicting it. I said this to somebody last night. That will be the hottest ticket in college football in 2024. The most expensive ticket will be to get into Cal Field for Texas versus Texas A&M. And I know what other games are on that schedule. I know Bama and Georgia are playing that year, but that is a hated hate. Look, you don't like to use the word hate you know, in this world nowadays, whatever. But those two fan bases despise each other. And the fact that, Ro- and I give a lot of credit to Ross Bjork too. You guys remember back in 21 when Texas and Oklahoma were announced? He wasn't happy about it. You know, he he talked about it, but he didn't nuke the whole thing. You know, he just said, okay, all right, down the road, when we play, we're going to get them first and we're going to get them at our place. And it, it turns out he did. I, I, it, it, I went back and I watched that that game, the, the final game that they played back in 11, 2011. And uh, uh, I'm forgetting his first name, but he's the Ravens kicker, Tucker.
1: Justin,
2: you know, Justin, he, Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker ends up nailing that 50 yard field goal to win that final game between the two at Cal field. And you just have to imagine, guys, it's been 12 years since we've seen it. And and it's, you know, that would be like taking away Oklahoma and Texas at the Red River rivalry, Red River rivalry and saying, okay, we're going to take a 12 year break and then we're going to come back. It just it's going to be heated. I'm excited for it. I know it's a year and a half away. I don't care. Um, Man, talk about one of the craziest environments that we'll probably see that season.
0: So I think one of the more underrated games that was released last night from a, an animosity standpoint that a okay. lot of people aren't pointing out is Josh Heupel's return to Norman, Oklahoma. Tennessee at Oklahoma in 2024 I think is a, is a stroke of brilliance from the league because Josh Heupel has no love for that place after nope. the way he was unceremoniously fired by Bob Stoops. He obviously a hero as a player – there in Oklahoma, but going back with Tennessee, with his program fully established, you would think, a couple yeah. years from now, and taking on maybe Brent Venables, maybe not, Joe Milton based, on the, a based on the first year. Joe Milton's a doctor at that point. He's got his PhD. <laughs> He's playing in his ninth year of eligibility. So many possibilities in that game, Trey.
2: I I tell you, man, like that's like, like, that's one of those games where the coach, like, you know, he's not going to talk about it when, you know, when he meets with the press, be like, oh yeah, it'd be good to go back. But in the back of his mind, he's already planning for that game a year and a half from now at home while he has an hour or two with his family. He's like, no kids. I got to plan for the Oklahoma game. Like that's one of those, you know, I'm going to get these guys back because Bob Snoops did, man. He sent him packing at the wrong time early in his career. Um, and then you look back on it now, the relationship, yeah, he has gone back to Norman for a few events to recognize national championship winning team and whatnot. And I and I get that part of it. But man, you know from talking to folks in Norman uh, and at, you know, in Orlando when he was with Central Florida and whatnot, and now at Tennessee, no love loss. So that that's an interesting game too, because Tennessee's played out in Oklahoma before. Uh, you guys remember that. I think Justin Worley was the quarterback uh, and Tennessee really didn't have a shot. Now you got a chance to go out there and win. So I promise you, Josh heupel has got that one circled on the schedule. And if Joe Milton does not go for his doctorate, uh, that would be the first year with Nico. So it is it, there's so many different angles going into that game. Uh, it's another one to to circle on the calendar. Yeah,
0: so we briefly mentioned Florida earlier their 2024 schedule is absolutely brutal. Oh. if Billy Napier is still the head coach of Florida in 2025 he will have earned it and it yes. starts this year Trey they're at Utah they get Tennessee at home they're at Kentucky. In three of their first five games, that's not to mention games in South Carolina, Georgia at home, at LSU, at Missouri later in the year. This season is going to be very tough. Breaking in a new quarterback, they lose a top five pick at quarterback in Anthony Richardson. What do you think about the prospects for Billy Napier now, just based on the schedule for the next two seasons?
2: Well, I think, I mean, I think it's tough, guys. They got to go out there and they got to play Utah in that first game. I mean, it, 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 with Cam rising at quarterback for Utah and in Florida, going to break in either Miller or Graham Mertz. I mean, okay, good luck. Um, I, that's an L to me. Um, then you got to play Kentucky with Devin Leary at quarterback. Okay, good luck. Like we we don't know about this this Florida football team, man. It, it feels you know. And and I was, I was speaking with a couple of folks about Florida over the last month or so, and even down at Destin. This feels like a six-win team. You know, it doesn't feel like an eight-win team right now. And if they underachieve, if they have a losing record this season, let's just say five wins, something like that, uh, because South Carolina is going to be good. I would pick South Carolina over Florida right now. I'd pick Tennessee over Florida, Kentucky over Florida, Utah over Florida. There's four losses right now. We're not even in the meat of that schedule yet. So, I look, 2024 – could be Billy Napier fighting for his job and being on the hot seat, entering the season on the hot seat. Um, not like Jimbo Fisher or whatnot, because there's so much money in that, but they will have had time. They will have had three seasons to figure out if this is going to work. Um, and, and look, Florida fans, you know, they're not going to take that 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 type of record. They don't want that, especially the boosters. Um, so this is a big year for Billy Napier. and. And I know everybody wants to say, "Oh, you got to give him time, and he's got to bring in his own class. He's got to..." No, 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 no. Not with the talent that they've had in years past at Florida. So you better figure it out now. In twenty three or twenty four, you're going to be coaching for your life.
1: Yep, and he's going to be compared to Swamp Kings, and that that that's, team in two thousand eight, uh, because that debuts huh. at the end of August. Swamp Kings is the Netflix series. Uh, untold which debuts uh, in late august i think it's the 23rd but urban meyer said he's going to be a part of it after initially turning down netflix and the offer to be a part of it he said he thought about it. he goes you know what there's so many stories about this team and the the comments about this team that are ridiculous i'm going to set the record straight and i'm going to honor them uh trey you wrote about this at, at outkick uh what else did did meyer say and how crazy is this show going to be given the fact of all the different storylines personalities uh, good, bad, evil, everything in between.
2: Urban Meyer wanted to talk about that. The 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 heroes of that football team. Man, give me a freaking break, guys! Come on, I know Tim Tebow is going to be in it. I know Brandon Spikes is going to be in it. Percy Harvin decided he didn't want to be a part of it. I don't blame him uh, one bit. Uh, the only thing that would have made this better if the Pouncy Twins were in this damn thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, look, if people want. To see what this could potentially look like, go watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary uh on Netflix right now. Um, I I, you know, in, in talking with folks, they have interviewed a bunch of people from boosters to former coaches to people that have been the names, all the names haven't been released yet. And I think Urban Meyer got involved, in my opinion. Urban Meyer got involved because he started hearing from the people that were being interviewed for this show. Which direction this was going, and he wanted to try to be Superman and come save the day. I, I you know, Tim Tebow, God bless Tim Tebow. Love Tim Tebow. He can only say so much about that. He's not going to come out and bash his former teammates and whatnot. He's going to say, Yeah, there were some problems. We dealt with it in the locker room, blah, blah, blah. But look what we did. We led the team to glory in two national championships. Okay, that's fine. But the stuff behind the scenes, man, the arrest, um, the suspensions that you don't hear about you, you know, that will come out during this documentary, I'm told, and just the whole lifestyle of that Florida team. And let's not forget, too, there's a person that has a daily podcast show that will be mentioned probably in this documentary, and that's Zach Smith. So let's not forget that aspect of the Florida Gators program as well, which Urban Meyer you know, was involved with the domestic violence incident down there. Uh, In those too.
1: It's insane the names that were on campus during right? this era at Florida, and it's not just football. Al Horford, Billy Donovan, Chandler Parsons, Joe Kim Noah. Uh, you've got Corey Brewer, Ryan Lochte, Billy Horschel, Dan Blazarian uh, is on campus at the University of Florida. I mean, it is nuts to think about the the era of Florida athletics. Not just Florida football that will define Swamp Kings in this documentary. And they,
2: if they wanted to, they did. They could have done a cross promotion oh, no documentary doubt. on the basketball team and the football team. I mean, it, you know, it, it just look. It, it's going. To, I I don't know what to expect. Like, you know, I got all excited for that stupid Bama Rush documentary because I'm from the state, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah. okay, I know what really goes on here. And then they didn't show it, and I'm like, okay, all right, that was a letdown. But I think I think Netflix. The people that are doing this, it's called the Untold Group. The people that are doing this, I'm just telling you, if you watch that Hernandez documentary, I think you're going to get a good idea.
0: This is not, that's why I laugh. You know, uh, we talked to Dan Dokic about it, who's buddies with Urban Meyer. And he had said, you know, uh, talking to Urban, that he doesn't think it's going to be a hit piece, that he thinks that, you know, they're going to be fair. And and look, I think they're going to be fair. But if you watch The Malice in the Palace or any of the other Untold, the Manti Teo, story that's one of the untold yes. series this is not some sec network fluff piece uh the sec network did a documentary on joe kim Noah and al horford and those florida basketball teams already those are all fluff pieces Th- this is not going to be that with swamp kings but for that reason i'm going right. to be watching mm. uh, well, yeah, netflix
2: is not netflix is not going to put i'm sorry to interrupt you Chad. netflix is not going to put something out there that that that's that going to be a dud you know they know what they have to cover. They're going to cover the highs of that 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 group, the one titles and all that. They're going to talk great about Tim Tebow. And they're going to blah 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 blah. But then they're going to get into the dirt of the program. And I and I I just this is not going to be some just nice you know thing for Urban Meyer and and whatnot. This is they're going to get into the dirt as much as they're going to get into the progress and championships they won.
0: So we had uh, Senator Tommy, Senator slash coach Tommy Tuberville on the show earlier today. Talk, talk to him about NIL and Congress involvement in it, and the bipartisan legislation with Joe Manchin he's trying to get done. But one yeah. of his quotes was, it may be easier to cure cancer than to come up with NIL legislation and that they are a long way off right now. Um, not exactly a ringing endorsement for, boy, there's really a clear cut route to make this thing easy for everyone involved,
2: Trey. Guys, I I told you y'all last week that that was a photo op in Washington, D.C. I think the collectives were doing their own type of thing with their summit, and I get that part of it. But when it comes straight to NIL, Congress members don't want to get involved. That's why you got a quote like that from Tommy Tuberville, because he is so confused about what's going on. He's been out of the game for so long. He doesn't have a resolution for it. He doesn't know how the government's going to get involved in this and legislate NIL. And, and look, good for Tuberville if he's out here and if he's trying to, you know, find different routes to make NIL work for a college student athlete. But there are so many hurdles that they have to get over and around when it comes to NIL that that's why this process is going to take a while. I just don't buy the fluff coming out of Washington. Oh, we probably get this done in the fall. We can get this done sooner rather than later. no. There's lawyers. There's so many people involved in this right now. I mean, look at the coaches that were up there. Brian Kelly was up there. Nick Saban was up there. Zach Arnett from Mississippi State. I could go on and on. The fact that there hasn't been a resolution or some kind of idea to come out of that, even if it was last week, I think it just goes to show you how much of a battle this is going to be to actually find something when it comes to Congress.
1: Two quick ones on the way out, Trey. Uh, first, Pete Thamel's report that the SEC and the Big Ten covet two programs out of the ACC, Virginia and North Carolina. What was your reaction when you saw those two programs compared to the others that have certainly been discussed based on their football prowess across the, the college football landscape?
2: Not, not too surprised in general, just because I think Virginia might fit the SEC mold just a little bit better uh, than maybe Virginia Tech at the moment. Uh, you look at North Carolina, they want to get into the state. Um, I think it's simple. Uh, they're not going to go after North Carolina state. They're going to go after the Tar Heels because also two things as well. You get the basketball along with the football. Let's not forget that either. Um, and the television market ratings, you know, it is what it is. You get the Charlottesville market. You can get up and down the coast a little bit with Virginia. I think that helps. And then look, you get the power of the North Carolina brand. That should be something that's coveted. So that's why it doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, that that North Carolina, Virginia, be talking about, but I will say this: kind of on the way out, it's going to be a minute. It, 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 we're not we're not going to get any kind of realignment at the yeah. moment or something like that. It's not going to happen next year. I think, if anything, maybe three years down the road, I think you could see some additional teams join some conferences.
1: And how contested will the College World Series be this year compares, uh, compared to to recent World Series in Omaha?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think look, this is going to be very fun to watch. Starts on Friday uh and the sec wise you got florida tennessee and lsu in it i know chad's going to be watching so much i'm excited oh, yeah. to hear his analysis all from in, it
0: baby
2: <laughs> right but then you know but overall like this is going to be fun like yeah. i I, it, it, it'll at least be entertaining baseball tcus or roberts there's a number of teams that can come out of here uh with, with a win and a title but i think it's all up to lsu i think when you have a pitcher like paul Skeens, who's you know he threw 120 pitches last week and his last pitch at 102 on the mile per hour gun. So um, I, I, I like LSU. Don't be surprised if Tennessee does something. Tennessee feels like Ole Miss of last year where they got hot at the right time. They went on to win a title. Who knows what could happen, but um, I'll be texting Chad this weekend and getting updates from him. Well, I know I know,
1: I know Trey's been – you've been,
2: right, to Omaha? for the Yeah, College. I've been. I was at an Arkansas-Texas game is uh, it, years ago. Is
1: it a bucket list event for a sports fan?
2: It, let me tell you – look, it is – the surroundings are fun. I've been to four straight College World Series – Um, the, 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 around the stadium is a, is a party atmosphere this year. You add in LSU to that. I think it's even crazier. It's going to be like a college football game, man. Tailgates and whatnot. The city of Omaha is great as well. And by the way, if you want to go golfing or go to a casino, all you got to do is go five miles across the river and you're good to go when it comes to my language there.
1: Speaking my language. So
2: overall Omaha yeah if you can go once you don't want to go for 12 to 13 days um <laughs> that's a lot of baseball if you're not covering it or whatnot but if you're if you have a team that's in it and you want to go see something really cool go to Omaha spend a little money I promise it's fun I'm not just I'm not just saying it
1: 12 to 13 14 days a lot of anything Trey.
0: let me clear this up too for people that are like oh Chad's big college baseball hater so you're not going to watch your team in in Omaha you're not going to watch them at let me, let me tell you, clear this up. Of course I'm going to watch my team if right. they're in Omaha. And, of course, I'm going to follow it and see what they're doing throughout the NCAA tournament. doesn't mean that I love the sport as a whole or I'm going to be heartbroken if Tennessee loses in two games in Omaha. <laughs> but, yes, to answer your question, of course I'll follow my school when they're playing in the ultimate tournament of that team's sport. Yes, right. I'll be watching it, it, like no, anyone else no. would.
2: No, no, no. If you want Chad's feelings, and it's okay because he's going to follow his team. I get that. Just go back and look at his Twitter profile from around July 1st of last year and look at some of those great tweets that he put out that I'm so proud of because yeah. I love him so much.
1: That's when uh, the Vols did not make it. I live to make you proud, Trey. Yeah, that's I, yeah, that's,
0: that's
2: I my
1: goal. Every Every
0: day I wake up, I'm like, you know what? I, hope, I just hope Trey Wallace is proud of me today. That's all I I'm want. I'm done.
2: That's why I love Chad yep. Withrow. That's why I appreciate coming on with you guys and uh yeah, it should be a should be a fun tournament as we get here to to Mount Rushmore season of uh, of athletics. Uh, You're the man, but, uh, Trey.
1: Hey, what do you have on the podcast this week, Trey?
2: Yeah, this week uh, we we talked to college baseball this week uh setting up what's what's coming up. Next we got Nick DellaTorri. Um we're talking NIL, we're talking I mean everything. Scheduling, Big 10, TV mergers. A lot of stuff going on with the podcast and uh, we'll be back going again next week as well. And uh, yeah, man, we're just rolling along. A lot of great content at outkick.com for everybody to to go follow and uh, hope everybody continues watching you alls show. Cause y'all bring it every day.
1: Outkick.com click on shows. That's where you can find the Trey Wallace podcast. Trey, thank you as always, man.
2: Have a great weekend guys. Thank yeah.
1: you. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not win the NBA title this year with the NBA, uh, with the, the Miami heat. Uh, and there's no, a second place uh, trophy, if there were, Jimmy Butler would turn it down. And we know that because of what else he would turn down as far as accolades are concerned. That's next on Hotline. Sixth and Peabody, our location with e Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton and Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Coming up, uh, records being set at the U.S. Open, big time, by two different players. We'll get into that, plus uh, headlines involving Trevor Bauer, Conor McGregor, and much more. NBA players, for the most part, at least my take, they're too cool for the regular season. A lot of them just kind of show up with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Okay. Jimmy Butler. Or they don't show up at all because of load management. That's Yeah, that's fair Some too. Some just to stay back at the hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Butler, maybe he's too cool for the regular season, but there's playoff Jimmy. He shows up then. But just don't ask him to show up for a Hall of Fame induction. At least that's what he told NBA TV. Your good friend Dwayne Wade's going into the Hall of Fame in a couple months. Have you allowed yourself to think what it would ever mean to you to be elected into the Basketball Hall of Fame?
2: Yes, I have. And what do you think? Don't care. You don't care whether you're a Hall of Famer? No, I don't. Do you think your resume? Still don't care. Honestly speaking, could care less. And if we're being brutally honest, uh, if I was selected to the Hall of Fame, I'm not going. You're not going <laughs> to accept it? No, no, no. I'm not going. Like It's like the festivities and all of that. I just want to, like... I just want to like go put my feet in the sand somewhere. That's it. You wouldn't accept that honor, the greatest honor in basketball? Uh, it's an individual thing. You know, I'm not for the individual type stuff. I'm really not. Uh, I'm like a team guy. But even after it's all said and done and you've done... No, I don't want to go. I don't, I'm not worried about the Hall of Fame, so I promise you. It's an honor, it is, but hmm, I could care less. Interesting. I mean that too, by the way.
1: I believe, I believe you too, Jimmy Butler. Uh, he's one of the best in the game today. His numbers point to the Hall of Fame. But I, I mean, I, I just don't understand the mindset of, I'd rather just have my feet in the sand than for one night go and acknowledge. what it's an individual award, you can acknowledge the team around you, the teams around you. That got you to the point of considered and, uh, and acknowledged as one of the best of all time.
0: Yeah, you get to elect a teammate to induct you or mm-hmm. a coach,
1: whoever you want. That's a part of your team being there,
0: being honored. You can invite teammates to come and be there with you. Right. You can get up there and talk about your teammates if you would like. So uh, people are praising this. I took it as selfish. I took it as a guy who just doesn't want to be there. And it took it as, well, I'm a team guy. That's why I don't want to be there. Well, really, you just want to be at the beach, that like you said, with your feet in the sand, and you don't want to deal with it, which whatever, that's your choice if you don't want to do it. But it's also an opportunity to talk about if you're such a team guy, you do it for your team. Yes, it's an individual honor, but it's also an honor for the teams you are a part of, and you can get up there and list all the teammates you want and talk about their contribution to your career, and do all of those things. It's a great opportunity for you to be a good teammate and prop up your team while winning an individual honor. Also, if you're doing an interview, you don't have to ask the same question four times because you're going to get the same answer all no, four I mean, times. I, I commend that. Jimmy I, I, Butler
1: was like, "No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not going." I would going. be asking the same thing. Uh, I, I would be. So you're not? Are you saying you're not accepting the award? No, I'm just not going to accept the award. I found I'm not the, going physically.
0: I found the interviewer to be very uh, off-putting to me. But by the fourth
1: time, he's like, yes, no, I'm not, no, not going. You can ask it any way you want. I Very irritating. I've, I've found it fine because I, was, I would be asking the same thing. You're kidding me. One night, one night. You know what? He's got a lot of Scottie Pippen in his game, Jimmy Butler. Two-way player. Scotty's got six rings. He did it with a guy who sucked, apparently, with Michael Jordan. A pathetic – how
0: would he say A pathetic – not pathetic. Uh, awful player. Awful. Awful was the word that Scotty used to describe Michael Jordan as a player. Or just not good. <laughs> I mean, awful player. He was an awful player. Well, you all saw it. <laughs> we did? I, mean, the, I, didn't, I didn't see that, Scotty. I didn't see the part where Michael Jordan was ever an awful player outside of when he didn't make his high school basketball team or the varsity team as a sophomore.
1: Lot Other than that, I think he's pretty of, good. A lot of hatred there uh, with the, the – the Jordan teammate, and now uh, Jordan's son, uh, Marcus, because he's with Larsa Pippen, uh, Scotty's ex, and Chad, they're starting a podcast, <laughs> Separation Anxiety with Larsa and, and Marcus. Um, uh, they, they should be addressing the huge elephants in the room regarding their Miami love life. Can you imagine Scotty Pippen, who has all of this vitriol anyway for the accolades that, that MJ receives? He's already fueled by this, and now he's going to have to hear about it.
0: Uh, How detailed this will this is, get? This is I, so, I think, Scott, Scott, do like think half Scotty. Crazy will, anyway. Do we think Scotty will listen? I think he probably will. He'll of subject he himself will. to it. He's going to subscribe. Yeah, and he's going to listen to this. Also, do we think that Michael is an angel investor in this podcast that he helped fund it? Well, I mean, maybe he saw what Scotty said about him as an awful player, and immediately called his son and said, "Hey, remember that podcast idea you pitched me months ago? Let's make it happen. Daddy's going to fund it. Let's go ahead and do that. You and Larsa talking about your love life. Will he reach a breaking Now's point? the time. This is what America wants to hear right now: is you and Larsa's love life
1: over under and by America? I episodes. mean,
0: Scotty needs to hear it. Scotty under needs three to hear and a half
1: episodes. It. Well, Larsa and Marcus will cover." Uh, their dating, including life, love, sex, and 16 year age gaps. Congratulations, Scotty. Jordan's not leaving uh, your mind anytime soon. Oh, no. Coming up. Your, your move, Scotty. Go on another podcast and badmouth MJ. Wait until you hear what happened today at the U.S. Open in terms of low scores and all time records. Plus, we get into the headlines, including off the field in the MLB.